This episode of Box Cutters was recorded in front of a live studio audience as part of the Australian Centre for the Moving Images live in the studio sessions. You might know them better as ACME. Every month, on the last Thursday of the month, they present a discussion about television, old and new. It's an excellent thing to be a part of, and you should definitely go along if you get the chance. I've edited this down from the original almost two hours. Some of the visual stuff has been cut out, and in other bits I'll give you a little commentary on what's going on, just so you're aware. For those playing along at home, all the videos that we show will be up on the Boxcutters YouTube channel, and there'll be a link to that on the boxcutters.net website probably in the post of this episode but for now here's the show hello and welcome to boxcutters presents 90s nostalgia at acme live in the studio what we didn't think about was that these would reflect off the lights. My name is Josh Canal. To my right, John Richards. Hello, listener or viewer. (laughs) (laughs) Now, uh, we say 90s nostalgia, but what we're really talking about are two shows, two very important shows, two shows that are vital to people exactly my age. (laughs) Press gang... And Degrassi, Degrassi Junior High and Degrassi High. Also, Degrassi High schools out. <laughs> Very important. So we wanted to take you back in time to, to set the mood for you right now. So imagine you're rushing home from school. Uh, you've, you've turned off your Ace of Base cast single. You're settling down into your Cheryl Kernow platform sneakers. And you're switching on the ABC to watch either or possibly both of these shows. But this is an interesting thing we ran into. We need to determine, because there's there's not been a lot of crossover with people we've talked to. No, because I I love them both. And I thought, because I do, everyone would, because that's the way I think. Because you are the average person. Because I am totally the average person. So just as a show of hands, how many people here... And you can be both, you can be both. How many people are Degrassi fans? About two-thirds of the people put up their hands. How many Press Gang fans? About one-third with some crossover. Oh, Degrassi has it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But there are, there are some people twice. Are you there, Press so Gang fans? Oh, yeah, well done, you people. people. You're trying. Actually, can I just, there are a couple of people that I wanted to mm-hmm. point out. One is my new best friend over there. And the other is uh, right up the back, the Joey Jeremiah uh, prom night outfit. <laughs> very nice. Uh, very impressed with you, sir, when you were coming in, so thank you very much. We would also, the press gang people, do you actually like your show twice as much, though, as the Degrassi people? Yeah, yeah that's what I thought. Because yeah, press gang, a, a, amazing. And this is, this is the thing that I found uh, when thinking about myself, the average person, <laughs> was that press gang was a life shaper, Degrassi was a life reflector. That's the way I saw it. I saw, <laughs> press gang... These shows are important, John. This is why I keep no, telling no, you. No, I'm just impressed with this pretentious this early. Because <laughs> <laughs> later on, I've got a whole theory to go through. Did you, did you want me to go with the, uh, uh, the portrayal of awkwardness and unattractiveness of adolescence? I, I, did I you... think that was implied. Right. right. Now, so that's, should, yeah, that's what I was getting We at. should say there was also a warning, a warning list here. There will be variable quality in the picture, 
and the sound and the acting, the direction and the writing. Um, there will be references to child abuse, teen pregnancy, suicide, drug overdoses, bullying, mustaches and the Zit Remedy song, Everybody Wants Something. Um, and there will be spoilers aplenty because we're going to show you the end of both series. We will warn you when that bit comes up. so you can yeah. just... It's now! Yeah. Oh, no. No, it's not. It's not. Uh, wow, I just shouted and I tried to move away from the microphone and I can't. Because <laughs> it's, it's attached to we're, we're both not at Triple R and we're standing up. Both things are weird. It's we're just... I've never seen John standing up. You've never seen my legs before. Surprise! No. Um, oh, that, we should also say the, the clipboards. Yeah. Because uh, John wanted something that would stand out. Dynamic. So, so look, to set it off, let's show you the, the, the credits. Because obviously the opening credits often uh, will bring back memories. You know, a, a bit like in Remembrance of Things Past. And or a smell. Uh, yeah, so like Proust. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So here's the Proustian oh, opening the Proust? credits yeah, of um, Degrassi and Press Gang to just take you back in time. You are going to be the coolest guy at Degrassi High. You are definitely going to be the coolest guy at Degrassi High. Okay, so that, that, that was uh, Degrassi Junior High, not the Degrassi High, the Degrassi Junior High. A uh, couple of things. One, John pointed out to me, early CGI. In the, in the, in the Degrassi. In the Degrassi bit. Degrassi is impressively actually CGI. But not the Junior not High Not the Junior bit. High, that would be too hard. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, ran, they ran out of rendering power after they got through Degrassi. That, that was it. They, they only had an Amiga. <laughs> That's a, a joke for four people. Uh, <laughs> And the, and the other is something that you pointed out, because I, you know, I've heard these so many times that they've just kind of washed over me, uh, and I'd forgotten how terrible they are. But uh, it, changes, it changes person. It starts off first person. First person singular, and the lyrics go to first person plural. It, 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 and it ends with, come on, give us a try. We don't even know what that means. So that's, uh, that's Degrassi High, and you think, and you think that's terrible, and, and Press Gang fans will go, oh, I'm so glad Press Gang's opening credits weren't that crap. So let's look at them. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. 
Now, we would like to point out, oh, it's a bit mean, but I'm going to point out, this, this is the Series 4 opening credits, which I chose because the colour's nicer. But can we take a look at Kelda Holmes we, again? We can. The music is also a little bit different. Not better. Not better, just different. Just different. Same terrible, terrible electric guitar. But, and, oh, but go and show me Kelda Holmes. Show me Kelda. <laughs> now... Kelda Holmes did not have this haircut in the first three series. And that this, this is an important... Because this is after, after they graduate from high school. So I'll go back and... So she paid for that. She paid she for paid, that haircut. She paid for that by, by herself. My theory, though, is that after high school, she went to prison. <laughs> no, whereas I think Kelda Holmes went into her hairdressers and said, give me the most cutting-edge haircut of 1983, not realising <laughs> it's 1992. <laughs> But, and also, I say, season five, she's back to a normal haircut, they still use this picture. It's yeah. just cruel. Because they clearly hated her. <laughs> Why else would they make it do that? So, uh, look, uh, we know now, that, that, that's setting the tone. We know these are two shows that had much in common. They were both aimed at teens. Uh, they were both at teen audiences. They, they had a lot of fans. People loved them passionately. They both had terrible, terrible theme tunes, as I think we have well demonstrated. <laughs> but... What, what else were they about, Josh? Press Gang, seeing as, as most of you weren't Press Gang fans, I'll start with Press Gang. Press Gang was very much about a group of kids from high school who were taken out of high school for mornings and afternoons. And when I say out of high school, I mean they actually got to the office at like 7 o'clock in the morning, so not really out of high school. But a lot of them were troubled teens, and they were sent to work in a newspaper, not a school newspaper, an actual newspaper! <laughs> They, Some, they, they ran an actual corporately funded... Yeah. Some big, some big media guy comes into town, it's a small town in, in Britain, and says, I'm going to run a, a newspaper, but I'm not just going to run the newspaper called the Gazette. I'm also going to run a junior newspaper called the Junior Gazette, because I'm clever. And, uh, and so he funds the whole thing and lets these kids kind of make their own newspaper. And, uh, and gets the, the brightest and most uppity to be uh, editors and kind of the, the ragtag criminal element. To uh, come along with them. Co- yeah. And Julia Swaller plays Linda Day, who uh, is a brilliant, brilliant character for, for kids because she's just really brassy and cynical and mean and all those things that kids love. And, and, she's, and when we had, we had a box cutters, uh, we did a, a big 100th best TV characters of all time and Linda Day actually did surprisingly well on that. A lot of people really remember her. And yeah, yeah, yeah. We've Look, got some footage over Linda about Day how did, she's... But, but no one else... And I thought... Kenny would, because I was a, a big Kenny fan. Kenny was Linda's assistant and best friend from childhood, and it was this weird dom-sub friend relationship that they had going on that uh, just feels weird right now. But, but back then, it just, it just seemed normal. It's just like, yeah, she's your best friend. She teaches like crap, whatever. No, and, no and also, of course, the romance with Spike, and we'll see a clip of that in a moment, was the other thing that repelled that series. Degrassi Junior High. Degrassi Junior Degrassi High, High and Degrassi High. Degrassi Junior High came out of an educational uh, project in Canada. Uh, and it actually started... The, the whole Degrassi thing started as the kids of Degrassi Street. And it was about primary school kids who were uh, kind of just going about their primary school kid business, but also dealing with primary school kid issues, like crayon colours and stuff, I suppose. <laughs> that's, uh, and, uh, and then... That was successful enough, and so they started Degrassi Junior High. And a lot of there were some kids who stayed, not very many, and a lot of kids came on. Two, I'm told. Two. Is that, is that what you're saying? Because I can barely see you. Were you holding up two fingers? You just tell me to piss off. <laughs> it's fine. 
uh, so yeah, so some kids, some kids stayed. A whole lot of new kids came on, and it was about teenagers going through junior high school, uh, which is like year seven and eight here, and uh, and they they were going through the problems that teenagers go through, like uh, teen pregnancy and teen what, pregnancy and teen pregnancy. Teen pregnancy was a big one. Uh, there was also what's the right age to have sex, and what if you get pregnant? Yeah. <laughs> oh, teen pregnancy. That was one. Yeah. So all the issues that teenagers deal with. <laughs> now, we've got some clips to show you. I should also say, Press Gang ran 1989 to 1993. Degrassi ran from 1987 to 91 in, in junior high and high. So when we say 90s nostalgia, we mean 1988. And but, John, see, this is, this is the thing, because you, you, A, grew up in Western Australia where they didn't have television, and, no. B, are a couple of years older than me, so clearly not my exact age, and hence not the average person. Not the average person. person. <laughs> These were repeated at Infinite. So, yes, on, I would say no, nostalgia. It is more the repeats, we imagine, that yeah, people yeah. really remember than the original run. It's also just interesting to point out that Degrassi ran for 43 episodes over its five seasons. Uh, so, Press Gang was 43 episodes. Degrassi was 70 episodes, which is you know, very much the kind of European, North American standard. It's a lot of Degrassi condoms. came back in 2001. Degrassi Next Generation, which currently is up to 223 episodes and is still running cautionary tale. But, okay, so let, let's show you some clips just to give you a, a vague idea of what the shows were like. Sure. Cheerful today, boss. What do you mean, cheerful? Why should I be cheerful? What are you trying to say, Kenny? I'm sorry, Linda. I just, I just thought... You whistling, that's all. Well, I've whistled before, haven't I? When? February. Look, uh, shouldn't we just get down to business? The Junior Gazette has to be self-sufficient. You knew that from the start. Yeah, you did promise to help us with printing costs. Initially. That phase is over. Well, I suppose we could save money on travel expenses. We're putting out too much on that anyway. And it was twice. What? I whistled twice in February. You were there both times, so I don't know what you're on about. Tell Claire to give us two weeks and we'll cover printing. Well, I'll try him on it. I mean, OK, I whistled. Guilty. It doesn't have to mean anything, Kenny. Linda, I didn't... I just can't believe the way you're overreacting about this. Could you maybe try for three weeks and let him knock you down to two? I'd better try for four. Just because I whistled doesn't mean there's something going on, you know, Kenny. Why should it mean that? Give me one reason why it should mean that. And another thing. Your interview with Edward Allison, that's going to overlap with our... A coincidence. What? Spike whistling the same tune as me. Was he? No. I've got to talk to Spike. About uh, this. Well, look who just vaporised her deodorant. What exactly is going on? Well, Spike and Linda are pretending they're not going out with each other. And we're all pretending we don't know. I haven't had so much fun since she sprained her arm in primary five. Well, Erica had a romance. Oh, oh. I do tell. Well, his name was Jason. He was a camp counselor, too. Yeah. And guys, he was gorgeous. I was go. so jealous. <laughs> Erica, you won. Yeah. <laughs> well, he turned out to be a jerk. I'm going to go find my class. Uh, 
decided to retire. No! I know we're gonna make it this year. What makes you so sure? We got a plan. Oh, goody. Anyways, we can't have a band because we all sold his bass. No problem. I can borrow Simon's. He never used it anymore. Yeah. And, and the drums? What are we gonna yeah, do? Yeah, we get a drummer and we're all set. Oh, Look out. Oh, sorry. Hello, boys. Miss Avery. What are you doing here? Well, when our old school burnt down, I was out of a job. They're running the resource center now. So we'll be seeing each other. <laughs> I guess so. Take care. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Radich. Man, you are haunted. I am, all right? Well, she's okay. I mean, I kind of like her. I mean, well, I mean, what's your plan? First, we need a new name. Obviously, Zit Remedy isn't catchy enough. I liked it. Yeah, me too. This is high school, man. Big time. I mean, it. we're gonna yes. go Wait. Look who's here. So, we meet again. Wayne, I've got a bone to pick with you. This used to be a real high school. Now it's full of little kids. Because you went and burned down yours. Hey, wait a minute. We didn't burn it down. You were there. So, we're going to have to initiate you. Real good. But you can't. Oh, no? I mean, uh, the handbook says initiation is banned. <laughs> <laughs> we don't read handbooks. Oh, yeah. there's so much I love about that. Uh, that clip's from the first episode of Degrassi High, so it's kind of the fourth series along. I actually picked that one almost at random, and yet what I like is the fact that so many themes turn up. We've got the beginning of a teen pregnancy storyline. Uh, there's a bullying storyline. There's some grotesque plot exposition. Where oh, people, people keep going, yeah. when we burnt down our old school... <laughs> Uh, the Zit Remedy get a reference. Wheels has a ponytail. Yes, that's uh, that's in case you want to know what happened over the summer. Uh, the teachers are in there, Miss Avery, and I also like the fact it's got the most lightweight thugs you've ever seen in your life. And you know they're Canadian thugs because they don't do things by the handbook. The, the handbook, I just noticed now because it's massive on the screen, the handbook has a picture of a man in a bowler hat for some reason. <laughs> Uh, and also, I, I like that uh, Canadian thugs eat peanut butter straight from the jar. Straight from the jar. Sort of. She doesn't actually put it in her mouth. Yeah, but, you know, they're going to mess you up. Like You're going to need universal health cover afterwards. And dry cleaning. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, these shows are really about us humans. Regular, everyday humans like me and you. But not John, because he grew up without television. We did have television. We had two channels. <laughs> On and off. Yeah. yeah, there was the ABC. There was the, the Golden West Network. So oh. we got Crusader Rabbit and the Beatles animation. <laughs> but oh, I didn't know what Thunderbirds was until I was 26. So, yeah. <laughs> so John had never seen Degrassi before I dropped the... Oh, see, we were going to keep that a secret, but no, you've... Yeah, yeah. No, I'm totally adding you. No, okay. <laughs> I had not seen Degrassi until two weeks ago. Yeah. And... Uh, and so, so I, thought, I thought that was fascinating. Mm-hmm. Like, not that you hadn't seen... Because, sure, people haven't seen TV shows. Yeah. I wanted... But it was kind of my little experiment of what would happen if you gave a grown man Degrassi Junior High and Degrassi High to watch on DVD. I became a troubled, pregnant Canadian teen. <laughs> that happens. That happens. So, wanting to know more about people's stories and how these shows affected... We, we sent out a request for people to tell us their stories about 
Degrassi, about press gang, how they affected their lives. And I thought, oh, everyone's going to have stories about all of them, because I do. I can tell you my story about Degrassi. I've never taken acid at a rock concert <laughs> because of Degrassi High. <laughs> That's actually true. Uh, uh, and so not actually thinking about the sort of people who would like each show, sent out requests to people who I knew loved both or either, got back a whole heap of press gang ones. Degrassi people kind of went, yeah, I liked it. <laughs> because they, it, it's, despite all the camp and the hilarity of it, it's quite an introverted show. It's about my problems. It's about things that I'm dealing with. And I'm watching them on television so that I don't have to speak to anyone about them. It's like, yes, I know how to deal with my teen pregnancy now. I either have the child or I don't have the child, depending on if I'm Spike or Erica. Uh, <laughs> so that's, you know, that's, that, that's part of it. Uh, but also, press gang people tended to want to be more outgoing. They were more affected by Linda Day and, and the concepts behind press gang, the idea of going out there and making your own stuff, make your own newspaper. Sure, why not? My dad's got a barn and a printing press. Uh, so we got back... Press gang stories. We had a barn. Oh, did you? <laughs> Sorry, go on. <laughs> it's because you. It's, it's we, had, we had a barn, painted it like a television. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. We were armoured. Uh, someone's phone just went off. Anyway, so but go on. So we, we asked people. So, to yeah, so we in. asked people. We got back some, uh, some press gang ones uh, about how press gang affected. Uh, 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 what's that word? Affected mm. their lives. Press gang was my first TV show obsession. When I was at the end of high school, I watched obsessively, I watched press gang. And the next day, I, like a lot of people, would come in and talk about it uh, for pretty much the whole day. Well, I liked Press Gang, but I don't think you could say it was a massive influence on my life. Press Gang was different to anything else on TV for kids when I was a teenager. Press Gang said that it was okay to be smart, and it was okay to know what you wanted to do in life, and it was okay to be good in school. The way that romance was portrayed in 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 press gang and I didn't have all that much experience of it at the time probably because I was too busy um, watching press gang uh, but since I found it to be really uh, quite accurate Oh, although uh, I did once try and impress a girl by slaying a dragon Can I tell you something? I mean this might be kind of embarrassing coming from a guy you just met and everything but uh, I really think you should know Say this was like the olden days you know thousands and thousands of years ago I'd kill a dragon for you what? No, really, I would. I'd get right out there and I'd kill one. In fact, I'll make you an offer. If you'll go out with me some night this week, I'll make a definite commitment to kill the first dragon that I see. Are you completely out of your head? Obviously, when I say dragon, that's, that's a metaphor. And uh, I'm talking about a school bully. And um, when I say um, slay, I mean I put him down with a withering remark before running off so that he wouldn't kill me. I wanted to be Linda. Every girl wanted to be Linda, right? Uh, she was bitchy and smart beyond her years, and she was taken seriously by grown-ups. She didn't know how to dress, but that was fine because she had more important things on her mind. The character that I identified with most, I think it would come as no surprise uh, to anybody who knew me at the time, was Linda Day. In fact, uh, some people would make fun of me a little bit by calling me Linda Day, um, but I didn't really think that was... An insult. I wanted to be Linda Day, I'll admit it. She was sassy, she was smart, adults took her seriously, and she got stuff done. She was never afraid to tell her friends when they were wrong, and she was pretty cool with the red pen. 
I tried to dress like her and it really didn't work out. She was pretty, of course she was, she was Julia Sohala, but that was the least important thing about her. And how rare is that in anything written for teens, uh, then and now? We shared some, some things in common, um, but she was, she was pretty bossy. Um, and did it, did it change my life a little bit? It certainly made me feel uh, a little bit less alone in the universe. She was clever and bitchy and vulnerable and coated with steel. She was competent and ruthless. Eddie, don't you rewrite? On your desk. Colin, financial report? Done. Spike, join me in the stationery cupboard for half an hour. Running all the way, boss. That's not my handwriting. Spike, did you put this on my daylist? That's horrible. That is your handwriting. Oh, yeah. I scheduled it ages ago. They write out of my head. OK, everyone, back in 30 minutes. I guess uh, the fact that I'm in publishing now is a uh, testament to the fact that that Linda and, and Spike and Kenny and who could forget Sarah, um, obviously they uh, made some kind of, well, a pretty big impact on my life. I like to think that now that I have my own indie press and I edit writers and drive them a little bit mad, that that's a little bit of Linda Day that I take with me into my life. Back then, when I was a teenager, we started a magazine and we filled it with our words and we tried desperately to be ironic about it. But I also spent my teen years writing novels and I had one accepted for publication when I was 19. Pretty old by press gang standards, but not too bad. I started practicing for the career I wanted long before I left school, and I put that down to Linda. So that was sent in to us at the Boxcutters site. Yeah, and uh, if you go to the Boxcutters Facebook page, Louise Swins was put up on the uh, Facebook page, and, and in it, obviously that's, that's edited, but in it she talks about how when she started her own publishing company, she sent a letter off to Spike. She doesn't say Dexter Fletcher. She says Spike. Uh, because that's, that's the other thing about, uh, about this show, is that it was, the characters were real to, to us. So you, of course you would send one off to Spike rather than Dexter Fletcher. Who's Dexter Fletcher? I don't know. Some guy's in Rachel Papers. Who cares? Uh, so, uh, so he saw that and left a message on the Facebook page saying, sorry, I never got your letter. Dexter Fletcher did that. That's excellent. See, it was worth the bad sound quality and the incredible darkness at the start. Um, that's, uh, that's Murray. He's uh, one of our listeners from Adelaide and so generous, so generous to give us that story. Uh, but see, John, these shows did change our lives. Murray also told us we can't put that online because his students will kill him. <laughs> now. Shows clearly about the characters uh, and one character, you know, Degrassi... Uh, Really, you say Degrassi, and no one says, "Ooh, Spike." No one says, "Ooh, uh, Erica." Ooh, the other twin. No one says the other twin <laughs> ever. <laughs> Heather. Nah. Um, it's pregnant twin, uh, twin, and not pregnant twin, isn't it? Isn't that? Yeah, yeah. There's pregnant twin and not pregnant twin. Balances itself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's really, there's really just one name that people mention. Joey Jeremiah, Joey Jeremiah, Joey Jeremiah, Joey F. Jeremiah, Joey L. Jeremiah, Joey 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 Jeremiah, Joey, 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 
Mr. Jeremiah. Jeremiah's the name, and I've got it all. Ladies and gentlemen, Joey Jeremiah. Or Petra Soyani. Now we've got your little screens, Pat. Let's get in the big screen. There he is. Hi, guys. How are you? I'm fine and crazily surrounded by you on all sides. (laughs) It's like a crazy dream. (laughs) Oh, my God. Pat Masrayani everywhere. Everywhere. Firstly, thank you so much for waking up at this (laughs) crazy, crazy hour to to talk to us. It's Waking up, I never went to sleep. Yeah! <laughs> Toronto Lifestyle! Woo! Bars close at 11. Uh, so many questions. We've got a whole bunch of questions from, uh, from the audience coming up later. Uh, but the, the question I most wanted to ask you, you started at Degrassi at the start of Degrassi Junior High. Uh, you, right. went, you went part of the uh, Kids of Degrassi Street series no i i actually i wasn't um that series was obviously aimed towards uh elementary school students and um when i came on board uh, they had switched the format to junior high and uh that was actually the first time i ever even considered uh being an actor uh they had sent uh flyers out to local high schools in the toronto area and uh, my school happened to be uh, be beside uh, an arts uh, program high school uh, that uh, encouraged and, and uh, taught uh, all the different types of arts, um, music, acting, so on and so forth. And um, I picked up one of these flyers one day and filled it out and sent it in. And uh, during a, a four-week process uh, of workshops and, and kind of seeing what our abilities were, they handed out uh, the few characters that they had already developed for the series, and Joey Jeremiah was, was one of them. And so, so were you like, yeah, finally I get a chance to miss school? Like, was that... Was that your, your, your first thought was, if I can act every day, then I don't have to go to school? To be, to be honest with you, um, you know, this was sort of like a, great, it's, it's a, a TV show, but it was on one of those public networks in, in Canada called the CBC. So we really didn't expect any, you know, uh, we didn't have high hopes for the show. And I think we were hoping that maybe it would be a summer job at, the, at best. And, uh, you know, six years later, we were still doing it going, wow, this is kind of blown up into something that we nobody could have expected uh, in the beginning. So how many uh, weeks of the school year would you have to miss to, to be as part of Degrassi? Our uh, filming schedule was, was quite long so that we wouldn't miss more than um, six or seven days a month of school. Now, uh, considering there's only 20 days of school in a month, uh, you would have to have back-to-back lead episodes uh, to miss that many days, so we shot from from maybe April to November, um, you know, with weeks uh, off in the summertime. But uh, rarely would we miss more than twenty days of school in a year. Just the way the scheduling worked out, rehearsals were done after school. We would film on the weekends, so uh, it really didn't interrupt our school. And Pat, did you then have a, a moment where you had to decide whether you actually wanted to be an actor? Like, was it one of those things that, that you know, you got into this at such an early age, you had to take that moment to go, do I want this? Or was it something... I think I'm still asking that question, to be <laughs> honest with you. <laughs> um, it's one of those things that you, you fall into it and you don't realise you're, you're an actor and then, you know, years and years go by and you're like, wow, maybe I should take this a little bit more seriously. Um, I mean, we didn't have agents back then. Uh, we weren't part of a union or a guild. 
Um, we were just literally, it was guerrilla filmmaking at the time and our parents signed our contracts and, um, we were responsible to get to set if we had to take the bus or whatever. So it was not a glamorous <laughs> lifestyle at all. And, uh, I think maybe after the grassy ended for me in 1991 was where I started to say, now, do I pursue this? Because I've been in this little bubble. Uh, all these years, never really being exposed to the actual industry um, where I, I came to the decision of maybe pursuing it full time. And so you, you did that. Oh, I, I want to say all my boring logistic questions were leading up to something, John. They were. John. They were. I was going to say, so, you know, how was it with, with the, the kids that you were with in Degrassi? Like, was it like you're at two high schools and so you had your Degrassi high school and your actual high school, but now it's, it's just not interesting anymore. No. no. So um, <laughs> let's move to the questions, Pat, that we've got uh, from the audience. We've had questions also in from Twitter and on Facebook. Um, I'll start with the more sensible ones. <laughs> you know who you are. Uh, this one's from actually Anne-Marie, which I think sort of just connects to what we were talking about. Um, she wanted to know, how did directors work with such a young cast... And how much input did you have into your character? And especially, I'm thinking, because you came back for Degrassi Next Generation. So you've, you've been in Degrassi both as an adult and as a small child. Yeah. Uh, do you want the truth? Because uh, <laughs> it was kind of scary at the time. Uh, you know, we were kids, and we were pushing the envelope, even on the set. Um, I think uh, I was the one who got in trouble the most. I was in the principal's office or the producer's office at least once or twice a month for something I'd done on the set. Um, they would literally have to discipline us like we were in school just because we were, you know, 40 kids stuck in a room all day, uh, hopped up on, you know, Coca-Cola and, you know, sweets and candies and things like that. <laughs> That's like Wizard of Oz all over again. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it was what it was. It was fun. It wasn't really intense. Um, we worked hard. We played hard. Um, and that was basically it. I mean, there were, you know, the, the episode where Joey steals the, the car with snake and wheels, that was actually inspired by something that I had done on the set. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a minivan that used to transport us from the, the school to the, to the office. And uh, one night after work, uh, we were all in the van, about 13 of us all together. And one of the cast members, I don't remember which one it was, it might have been Snake. Uh, said to me, I dare you to you know, start up the truck and put it in gear and go for a little spin in the parking lot of the, of the school. I said, sure, why not? I can do that. <laughs> and literally, I put the thing in gear and I drove three feet and one of the producers came out and literally reamed me out, grabbed me, <laughs> put me out of the car, threw me up against the wall. Uh, and I got majorly reprimanded for that. And then, you know, three weeks later, I'm reading it in a script. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and you know the only reason that you got into trouble for that is because you're not allowed to drive the van unless you're part of the van union. So it was a union yes. issue. Yes, I should have checked with the Teamsters first. If I, you know, <laughs> no. Uh, but, you know, they, they took a lot of aspects of our actual lives and uh, incorporated them in our characters or into the storyline of, of the series. Uh, for example, one quick example is uh, when, when Wheels' parents died on the show. Uh, I think that was meant for him to, to play because he had recently lost his father in real life. And, you know, basically he was the only actor on the set that could tap into those real-life emotions for the character Wheels. And obviously it was probably one of his best episodes ever on the series. It doesn't explain the ponytail, though. Like, doesn't answer that away. <laughs> or the tight, tight jeans. Or the tight, tight jeans. <laughs> um, paraphrasing this one, Pat, did it 
did it affect your life though? I mean, were you a rock star child? Like, like, did the fame of this were you Canadian TV Week pin up? <laughs> Girl, girlfriends no. and parties, as mentioned here, in particular. I- I think at the time I would have loved to have had that kind of attention, um, you know, to open up a teen magazine, but not in Canada. We don't uh, sort of put our actors on pedestals and and you can literally walk up and down the street in downtown Toronto and people could care less. It's just that kind of mentality we have in the city. Uh, Of course, back in the day, I would look at shows like 90210 and say, you know, why aren't we as popular, (laughs) you know? But in, in a sense, we were, but for different reasons. You know, 90210 is very slick looking, very sharp, uh, better, uh, m- a lot more money. Uh, you know, just aesthetically, the show looked better than Degrassi. But I think where we were, where we were different was that our show had all the heart. You know, we, we had what the audience could relate to in terms of just your average high school. Oh, but there was that time in high school, John, when you got a gun... And then had to go and get rid of it in the lake. And I was pregnant. Uh, and you were pregnant. So, so there were things that you had in common with no It's weird though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very yeah. similar. But yeah, Australia's yeah. different to Canada. Yeah. That's, that's um, just... I'm going to go for some of the shallow questions now. Uh, oh, can, can I ask a non-shallow question? Yeah, yeah, go on. Go on, on. Yeah, yeah. So with that, no, I mean, you, you're saying uh, that you weren't really recognised coming to... Yeah, drink that big coffee, buddy. That's... <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, that, that you weren't really, uh, you know, necessarily recognised in the street, or people didn't didn't care. But then when Degrassi ended, I'm guessing everyone's going, "Well, he's Joey Jeremiah. How are we going to cast him?" Is that did, did that happen? Do you mean was I typecast? Yeah, that's. Oh, it's a very long way of saying <laughs> were, you, were you ty- I, Pat? Were you typecast by your role in Degrassi? <laughs> Uh, you know what? Again, in Canada, it doesn't. We don't have that sort of format. We don't have that system set up. I mean, yeah, I guess people were uh, producers, casting directors. Um, they, they may have looked at me and said, "Yeah, I know him from that show, but can he do anything else? Um, can he not wear a hat? The, and will he not wear the hat?" It's all basically. I'm still fighting those those sort of um, questions today, twenty years later, because I'm very well known in my own community here in Toronto, um, but it's always hard to break into that next big project or that next big series or feature. Um, but little by little, I'm breaking down those barriers. Every time I work with different people, they, they enjoy um, my professionalism or whatever. You know, it's, it's, I always go in with, my, with this attitude that I've got something to prove, even all these years later. So, um, you know, that may never change. I may always be remembered as Joey from Degrassi, but... I guess there are worse things in life that you could be remembered for, right? Yeah, like fucking Tessa Campanelli. You, you're, uh, <laughs> that, that, that is actually one of the questions. <laughs> um, okay, look, you mentioned hats. I'm going with the hat questions first. Simon wanted to know, how many hats do you really have? And Jane and Alex said, did you get to keep any of the iconic hats? Um, well, the hats weren't my idea. That was something that they came up with. Uh, I used to beg them all the time, can I do an episode without the hat? Or can I do an <laughs> without the hat? I, I wanted to show off my mullet at the time. <laughs> um, to this day, I blame the hat for all this. But, uh, you know, of course it was part of his character, it was part of his shtick, it was part of his identity. Um, I don't think I, I would change a thing knowing now how important, I guess, that hat was 
Um, a lot of them I gave away back in the old days or, or, or gave away to charities. Um, but I was able to find a couple, and I'll see if I can quickly. Hey. You guys are smart. <laughs> hey. Hey. Seeing that, okay. This was something. Oh, wow. oh. That's terrifying. There we go. That's fun. That's a, 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 a paper mache uh, Joey that someone made for me. Oh, that. uh, that's uh, on uh, earlier this week. I uh, I was promoting this event, and, and one of the things that I had to do to promote this event was dress up like Joey Jeremiah and have a photo taken for the newspaper. Uh, so we'll see if we can get you a copy of that. <laughs> it's just actually it was emailed to me. I saw. The- <laughs> <laughs> You look gorgeous. I'm now looking for it on my phone here so I can show you. Uh, Pat, Julie, I wanted to know, did you get to keep the jean jacket? No. You're gonna, you guys are going to hate me, but I sold it on eBay. Like, <laughs> no, I fully respect that. Oh, uh, just, a, just a question from the audience. How much did you get for it? Do you really want to know? Yeah, yeah. not including shipping. <laughs> I sold uh, a gourmet scum shirt, a Hawaiian shirt, the jean jacket, $2,500. Wow. (laughs) That's great. The Canadian Canadian Centre for the Moving Image is furious. (laughs) Believe it or not, guys, I did offer it to the uh, CBC um, museum, uh, but uh, because they don't air the new series now, they really have a... I guess a, a bad feeling about the show, or they're embarrassed that the show didn't come back to that network, uh, and they didn't want it. But you know, they they were the first people I approached when I decided to get rid of this stuff, and uh, unfortunately, they they didn't want to have it. So would have yeah, been the, nice to put it there. The whole of the CBC's archives is just Ken Finkelman outfits the whole time. <laughs> That's just a joke for Canadians. No, h- hilarious. Um, Samantha says, "Can I stay with you in Canada?" <laughs> Put her in front of the camera. <laughs> I'm tempted. I'm, I'm very, I'm very tempted. Samantha, where Samantha? are you? Samantha? Samantha? Come here, Samantha. Come down, come down. Come, on. come down. Come, come on, come down. Pat. Come down or you're paying for accommodation. <laughs> you wrote on the card, you take the punishment. Now, is it this camera dark? This is, are we... Just are we, the, this, this one straight, straight ahead. The one there? <laughs> so this is this is Samantha. As you can Samantha. see, she doesn't take up very much room. <laughs> and my boyfriend's fine with it. <laughs> and I'm sure my wife will be fine with it. <laughs> Everyone's happy. <laughs> Thank you so much, Samantha. Thanks, Samantha. Thanks, Samantha. Um, uh, you've got more shallow. Oh, that's me. Well. Pat, now you, you and my girlfriend both have photos of me on your phones. That's, uh, that's great. More and more alarming as it goes on, isn't it? It, it really... Yeah, it started with the surrounded by floating heads. I, I know. Pat, and now... This actually is a dream of yours. No one else is here. It's just me? It's just you. Wow. It's like um, Spiegel Garden, which I'm assuming is a place rather than a person. It's, it's actually, yeah, part of the Melbourne well, Festival. Well. Spiegel Garden, Pat, wanted to know if you keep in touch with the cast, the original cast. Do you all yeah, meet up? Yeah, no, uh, you, it, 
it's, it's, it's difficult, obviously. It's been 20 years since the original series ended. Uh, I'm, I am best friends with uh, Yik Yu. Uh, his real name is Selik Sasanasi. Of all people, you know. Um, but, uh, and I bump into to Stefan Brogren, who played Snake uh, all the time, and, and a few others. Uh, but for the most part, I think we've all gone our separate ways and gone in different directions in our lives. And um, But there's really no ill feelings towards anybody. If we happen to bump into each other at some point, it's always great to see. But we don't have these annual gatherings or anything like that to get together. The, the guy who played Yik was, uh, he was trying to make it as an actor in L.A. for a while. Is, a, has, is he still there? Uh, actually, no. He, he wasn't really into acting. Believe it or not, he was the one with the most experience in acting when we first started. Because uh, if any of you ever get a chance to see a movie, um, oh God, what, what's it called? The Peanut Butter Solution. That's the movie that he's... You really got to see this movie. It's a Canadian classic. Uh, it's his, he starred in it, and he was the one that we all looked up to as, wow, you've got like m- movie experience. Um, but believe it or not, now he's in Toronto. He's working in feature films uh, as an assistant director. Uh, he works on all the big blockbusters that shoot in Toronto now. So kudos to him. Fantastic. Have you got more shallow questions? Uh, no, no. I'm, I'm, back in, a... I'm back into slightly deep questions oh. if you want them. Or, or just, um, I mean, I'll ask, you came back for Degrassi Next Generation. Was that a hard decision to make? Or did you want to come back and explore that character again 10 years later? Well, it wasn't a hard decision when they agreed to my price. <laughs> I love 4 a.m. Um, interviews. We should do more 4 a.m. interviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know what? It was a great opportunity for me to come back and uh, revisit a character that I really wanted to kind of give it what I'd learned over the last 20 years to, to, to make him more rounded as a character. But then I felt like the writers had kind of dropped the ball because the original writers weren't involved in the new series and they all had their own sort of ideas of what the show was going to be like and what the character was going to be like. And after five years of just kind of being wallpaper for the show, um, I kind of just said when my contract was up, like, really, there's nothing left for me to do here. Um, you kind of, you've, you've got your legs now and the, the kids are, are holding their own and uh, you don't need us to legitimize it anymore. So, um, you know, thanks for five years, but uh, I'd like to get out of here and, and get back into the, the, the real film and television industry because I've been working so hard to, to lose this whole connection to the show, but I'd sacrificed that for five years so that I could have some financial security, get my name back out there and, uh, and, and you know, just get back into the business again. Kirsty was asking, which series, Degrassi Junior High, High or Next Gen, did you enjoy working on the most and why? Well, I think I've answered this question um, before, but uh, basically the original series is, is, is where my fondest memories are because that was, we were young, we were, you know, a, a more intimate group of people working together. Our crew was no more than 15, 20 people. The cast was maybe 30 people, 35 people tops. But the new, the new series was more of a machine. It was more, let's get this product out there. It was a lot more polished, a lot more slick. Uh, the writing was a lot uh, tighter, like convenient for 23 minutes. We have to spit out all this information. We don't really care about the moments for the actors. We just need to get this information across. Just, uh, just between you and me, I, f- I feel exactly the same way. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just wanted to say really quickly that uh, I've waited 20 years for the opportunity to say thank you to all the fans in Australia. And, uh, you know, you probably are the biggest Degrassi fans outside of Canada. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> 
And uh, you guys, uh, I would love to come one day to Australia and, and do something at the center myself, uh, you know, even if it's in that room there, a small intimate group. So I hope to see you guys again and hopefully in person next time. Dude, we've got a spare room, so just, you know, let us <laughs> Thanks, Pat. Thank you so much, Pat Mastroianni. Everywhere. He's everywhere. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Uh, you heard him, ladies. Start saving up now. <laughs> Ka-ching. Uh, feel free. He, he can stay for the rest of the show if he wants. Uh, we, we're going to take We can still see him. We're going to take a very quick break where we drink some water and stuff. Enjoy this. Everybody ready Get into beer The Degrassi sensation The one and only Ceremony is here Zit Remedies classic, Everybody Wants Something. Do we have any idea who that guy is? Uh, just some guy on YouTube. I've never seen the song sung with that much passion <laughs> or that much indie cred. And, and I thought, that's, that's what it's seen. You have. Oh. Can I tell you something? Yeah. In the mid-90s, there was a rhythm band called The Melnicks. who do a, a version of it on their first album. Oh. How <laughs> You have it on your iPod? <laughs> I do also love the fact whoever that guy is, he's just appeared at the Australian Centre of the Contemporary Image and he's, he's no idea. In movie tell him, I'll, I'll put a link on the Box Cutters website to that YouTube clip and you can tell him in the comments of his video that he's now been like, you know, in kind of a museum. <laughs> You're basically uh, dead. It's, yeah, he's got, so, he's got so much anger, that guy. Uh, so it's time to do a compare and contrast. You know about both the shows, you know how much they affected me and they possibly affected you as well. I'm not counting that out. But, John, having just watched Degrassi for the first time yeah, yeah. and being I, a Press Gang fan, also in your adult years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Press Gang, I kind of knew was a good show at the time, but again, a couple of years older than the average person. It was only really recently when I bought the box set and yeah, I'm a big Stephen Moffat fan. It's fantastic. Like, it's a really great show. So I sat down recently, watched all of Press Gang, watched about 30 or 40 episodes of Degrassi. <laughs> Which is so it much is- more than I told you you had to Very watch. short space of time. <laughs> I, said, I said to him, just skip every third one. Like, just skip them. Skip, go one, four. And, uh, and no, he sat down and no, watched, watched them just watched a lot. So I've kind of come up with, with a couple of theories about the two shows, just as kind of interesting, you know, to compare them to how, here. How they yeah. differ. So basically, Degrassi is about moustaches. <laughs> right. And to give evidence here, basically every male authority figure in Degrassi Junior High... Has a moustache. Um, here's Mr. Adich, the teacher. This is the DJ at the school dance. It might also be Mr. Adich, but I really couldn't it, tell. It, 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 do, do you think it's... I, is that also I think is that he's, just not, he's not wearing his glasses, but I think I'm pretty okay. sure... In, in the first series of Degrassi Junior High's character called Vula, who I really like, she's kind of this generic woggy character who has this generically woggy dad who won't let her do anything ever. She's effectively the Melbourne character. And, um, and she disappears at the end of series one, writes some email at the beginning of series two to one of the friends. She basically moves to Queensland. Dude, it's not an email. Uh, and, yeah, well, <laughs> whatever they call it back then. Anyway, but Vula's dad looks like this. Yeah. He's kind of hot. And... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's no. a fullest. And in, no. in, no. 
In He's se- also always in shadow. In season three, they finally get an ethnic teacher at the school, Mr. Garcia. I wonder what he's going to look like. Hey! <laughs> so, basically, I don't know what was happening in Canada in 1989, but I suspect the village people were having a huge comeback that we never heard about. Or... Everyone in Canada was trying to present, present, pretend they were like the, um, the evil alternate mirror image of America. If anyone came up, like in that Star Trek episode. Yeah. Um, I think it's just because in Canada people get cold on their top lips. Yeah. Okay. So they can... I was, I'm hoping. I'm so hoping so Degrassi, obviously, is all about moustaches. Yeah. Press gang, clearly, about telephones. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There are so many storylines about telephones in press gang. If you watch... All five series in the space of a couple of days. You will notice so many of the plots wouldn't work now because the minute anyone's got a mobile, there is no plot. And um, this is just a grip of Wikipedia. Here's a bunch of plot outlines. Sarah receives a phone call from a desperate young man trapped in a news agent who's calling the wrong number. Sarah overhears a man phoning a bomb threat in the public phone while recording an interview. Spike leaves a series of angry messages on his father's answering machine. A dodgy property developer will only be caught if the news team can steal his answering machine. Kenny keeps getting a misrooted line when phoning his aunt in Glasgow and ends up in a relationship with a girl in Dublin. <laughs> Linda struggles to stop the closure of the paper, but a visiting radio correspondent, the phone ranger, makes Linda an offer she might not be able to refuse. Even, even when, when you were telling me about all the telephones and how you think they're so important, I'd forgotten about the phone ranger. There He's are, hilarious. There are so many phone-related storylines, and it's almost like... If they ever managed to give a mobile phone to any of the characters, they'd have to go through some convoluted way to break it and get her stuck in a vault or something just to cause some drama. Where's Linda? Uh, she said she might not come in today. She's not at home, though, unless she's hiding behind her answer phone. Hello, Junior Gazette. Hello. Hello, who is this? I believe this. Spike? You're looking for me, right? Morning, jerk face. So, are we going to talk this time? Or am I still getting the silent treatment? There's no one there, Spike. Oh, yeah, there is. The same psycho was, was calling me here last night. Luke's You're going face. to die when you figure Please. this out. Uh, Spike? Whoever you are, this is sick. Perverted. Psychotic. Linda? <laughs> I love you, too. Spike, you're obsessed. Why should it be? Shut up, Fraz. Shut up, Fraz. Linda, is that you? It's not. Speak to me, will you? I can't. Is something wrong? Are you okay? Dying yourself. It has to be. I was supposed to meet her here last night. She didn't turn up when I got one of these calls. I've been getting them ever since. Spike, I've got to tell you this. You're losing it, mate. Something's wrong. She's calling for help. I've just been... Too dumb to work it out. You tell him, honey, you're dumb. So basically, moustaches and telephones. Uh, John. Yeah. So, so you're taking a whole. You're taking basically my adolescence. Yeah. Everything that I've said, like related to me in my adolescence, press gang, huge influence on my life. Mm-hmm. Basically. Yep. Uh, you know. It's why I started working at the student newspaper at, at Monash. It's why I started becoming a, a journalist. It's, it's so important to me. It's all about telephones. And Degrassi, which was all about how I was supposed to feel as a teenager, was about moustaches. Yeah. 
pretty much. I do have an alternate theory, which is actually slightly more serious and does involve me playing some clips about child abuse, which I will kind of warn you about in advance. But it's kind of interesting when you do look at how people react in the two shows. Degrassi is often about problems and crises that are averted at the last minute, often with the help of your friends. Press Gang is often about what you do to survive when things go horribly wrong. Right. And it's kind of interesting. It's almost like a North American versus European mindset to the idea that one's about the struggle for the dream, the other one's about waking up from a nightmare. It's kind of intriguing. There's there's episodes uh, made within about a year or so of each other, which we're going to play clips from. The first one for Degrassi Junior High, a substitute teacher has asked Lucy to stay back in class and help him after class. And and just just a warning, this is pretty creepy, so if you don't... Yeah, there is some creepy stuff coming up. If you're a bit creeped out, just, you know, turn away, block your ears, go la 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 la. So let's look at this first clip. This is a nice scarf. Is it silk? I think so. My dad brought it back from Thailand. Silk is such a sensuous material. I love the feel of it. Still here? You know, extra study. What are you doing here? Uh, I came to get a book. Miss Avery sent me. Well, get it then. It's over by the window. I've got to go. Uh, yes. I'm glad we had this talk, Lucy. I'll see you tomorrow. Sorry about yesterday. Not that anything happened, of course. We never did get to Mr. Radich's systems. How about trying again this afternoon, after school? No, Mr. Colby. Not in a million years. Hey, Lucy. So... How do you feel? I'm fine. Look, I saw him touch you. You gonna do anything about it? If you need a witness or anything. Would you? Sure. Thanks. So... We, we what, can, a cre- what a creepy jumper wearer. I know. I, I actually like that in the world of Degrassi, the sexual predator is the guy without the moustache. <laughs> Topsy-turvy. It's Canada. completely different in Canada. So, you know, Lucy survives. They, uh, there's, you know, they've managed to avoid... Wheels is, is going to be there. Presumably they're going to go to the school and something will be done. 
Compare this now with a press gang episode from about the same period in which Colin, who's the kind of slightly slimy wheeler dealer amongst the, the, the kids, has discovered a girl at the school who is obviously being abused by her father and is trying to work out what he can do. And this is much more kind of... This almost is like the after-effects of that story if it had gone the other way. Um, again, it's, it's two clips, Doug, so they're kind of run together. So let's have a look at this. And it's got better cinematography. It does, as yeah. Well. That's not a warning, just a comment. <laughs> There's some beers in the fridge and some cold meat, and I've left Kathy's phone number on my dresser. Sure, right. And don't let Stevie stay up all night watching telly. I won't. You usually do. I won't. Listen, why don't you stay over? What? At Kathy's. Why don't you stay over? Might as well. Well, I suppose I could, but I... Look, I don't go out till 12 tomorrow anyway. As long as you're back before then, stay over. Why not? Maybe I will. Probably I will. Have a good time. You too. we have to go for the next edition. Another week couldn't have hurt that much. This lot worked best on the run, and besides, I get a kick out of it. What do you think of the article? Is it Sarah's? The lead article's always Sarah's. No, it's just not right. It's not selling. Sarah. Sarah, um, I've been reading your lead. Do you mind if I make a few comments? What? Well, do you mind? Um, well, you don't. Well, it's just this. What's the article for? What's it supposed to do? What's your market? Market? Look, you've got to look at it like this. Now, somewhere out there, there's a kid who's going to be reading this paper who's actually being assaulted, who's actually being abused. What are you going to say to them? Look, we've all got to get it into our heads, all that stuff about what happens afterwards. What happens once they've actually come out and said something? That's important, that's good. And we've got to show them that everything's going to be okay, right? We've got to prove that life doesn't end once they've told someone. But most important of all, we've got to get them to tell someone. That's the sale, guys. That's the clincher. Now, the thing is this. These kids don't like what's happening to them. I mean, they want it stopped, right? So why haven't they told someone already? What's the problem? What we're dealing with here, guys, is consumer resistance. If you're going to make a sale, that's the thing to be. Consumer resistance? Exactly. Like this. Kenny, you're the kid that's being abused. Why haven't you told someone? Do I do this? Yep. Well, I'm ashamed. I don't want anyone to know about this. It's dirty. It's not you that should be ashamed. This is not your fault. It's the fault of the person who's doing it to you. And you're not the only one it's ever been done to, and no one's going to hate you because of it. You're not alone, you're not dirty, and it's not your fault. Make that point. Right, sure. We'll note it down. I'm sorry. Right, what else? What else is stopping you? I'm scared. I'm worried what my dad will do if I tell. Once you've come and asked for help, we promise you'll be looked after. There are people whose job it is to help you. You've got that, Sarah? I'm noting it down. Who do I tell? Um, someone you trust. A teacher's a good bet. They've got the backup. A teacher or someone you trust. And if they don't help you, you tell someone else. You keep telling until you find the person who's going to help you. 
That's important, sir. I know. I'm worried about my dad. What? Well, maybe I still love him. I mean, he is my dad. What's going to happen to him? Well, if your dad loves you, then he knows he shouldn't be doing this. He knows he's harming you. And if he can't stop doing it on his own, then he needs someone to stop him. Got it. So let's go for it. Remember, guys, we want the kid through the door and talking. So let's sell, sell, sell. Get to it. Okay, boss. Sorry, boss. He's actually quite intelligent, isn't he? It's just a phase. I just wanted to say, you're an immoral, dishonest, tasteless little hustler. But you're okay. Which doesn't mean I don't want the financial report on time and accurate at the Thursday meeting. Doesn't mean you're going to get it either. Times you're kind of okay yourself. Yeah, but I don't make a habit of it. So it's just interesting that, in some ways, the second version, I think, is a lot less dramatic, but I suspect it might also be more helpful for... I'm, I'm a little bit choked up. ...a child. <laughs> and, and it's also fascinating, because the, the, the press game, it's actually quite cynical. Like, he's talking about consumer resistance, he's talking about selling, but in a way that actually, I think, helps give a message to a kid who might be in that situation. It's, a, it, it's about answers. And, and the, the first one, the digressive one, isn't about answers. It's about luck, to, to a large extent. Uh, it's, uh, you know, what would have happened if Wheels hadn't gone into that room? What would have happened to, to Lucy? Eh, it doesn't matter. He did go into that room. He's a witness. Yay! And the opening credits play. play and everything's fine. And then nothing, and you yeah. never see the jumper wearer again. Yeah. We actually do. He comes back in a follow-up episode. Oh, does he? He does, yeah. Does he? Um, let's, let's skip... We'll skip that press, the next press gang clip uh, if we can. So there's one episode of Degrassi, though, that was banned in the UK curiously enough. Um, it was called Rumour Has It. It's from the first series of Dugasa Junior High. In this story, the kids are convinced that Ms. Avery is a lesbian, and Caitlin starts having erotic dreams about her. Let's look at one of those now. Sure. Caitlin, could you come up here, please? Yes, Ms. Avery. you wrote on Native peoples was just excellent. Thanks. You're the best student I ever had. Caitlin's gay, you know. She's a lesbian. <laughs> yes, I know. She's a lesbian. She's a lesbian. She's a lesbian. Now, one of the reasons I wanted to show this is because I was, I was watching this for the first time. You know, I didn't know, as you all do, what happens to Caitlin. I assumed Caitlin was going to come out as a lesbian. That would be an ongoing storyline and quite interesting. Gets a dog, Forrest, and moves in with someone. Yeah. Um, what I didn't realise in, in the Degrassi tradition, by the end of the episode, it turns out that Ms. Avery isn't a lesbian. She's a heterosexual. She's dating this guy. 
he's possibly the same guy from those other he two pictures. He I, is. How? He how is can you tell? Well, because of the colour of his moustache. Because he's got a red moustache. Because every single character in Degrassi is like a character in Guess Who. So <laughs> you've got Mr. Ratchet, or whatever his name is, with the, with the red moustache. Yeah, right? yeah. red... Fool's dad has a grey moustache. Right. Uh, Wheels, Wheels has a bullet. Wheels has, a, has, the, has the ponytail. Right, okay. Joey wears the hat. So, is it a man? Yes, take down all the, all the ladies. Does he have <laughs> okay. a moustache? Yes. What yeah, colour is it? Okay. Red. red. It's, it's Mr. Mr. Radich. Okay. <laughs> but, but the thing is, so we got to this, I got to this point, and they basically go, no, 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 I'm dating a man with a moustache. And then the show basically says, oh, Caitlin's having erotic dreams about a heterosexual woman. That's not gay at all. The end. <laughs> and, and done. And if I had been a young lesbian watching this, I would have been furious. I would have been so angry that basically goes, no, no, it really is just a face. It's just so offensive as an end of an episode. But, as you well know, there weren't any young lesbians in 1990. In so... Canada. In Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and we actually almost had a clip to play, which <laughs> I think my computer deliberately left off, which is uh, not only, of course, is Caitlin going to be the Joe Jeremiah. Uh, in Degrassi Next Generation, she gets <laughs> drunk and makes a pass at Kevin Smith, the filmmaker uh, of Dogma and, and Clerks. And, um, and yeah, it's... Chasing Amy. Chasing Amy, um, which I think was it Clerks actually has a character named after Caitlin in it. Because is it Kate? It's Caitlin. Yeah, because he, yeah, he is yeah. a massive Degrassi fan. It's actually worth having a look on YouTube for the episode in which Kevin Smith appears. He's making a film at Degrassi called... Um, is it on my view? Can you, called uh, Jay and Silent Bob Go Canadian, A. Eh? And Alanis Morissette appears at the very beginning of playing their school teacher. It's... Which is hilarious. It is pretty good. So, so that's my... I think the interesting comparison between the two is that Degrassi... Moustaches... Moustaches and uh, not so much consequences apart, obviously, from pregnancy, which happens an awful lot. Yep. But it's an awful lot. Things will be happy and smoothed over and completed by the credits. Um, press gang, telephones, and also, I think, a much messier, kind of more cynical world those characters live in. Which is, which is interesting because you're saying Degrassi is the one that is, that is the, the ideal... I think yeah. Degrassi says that you, you will overcome obstacles, and and press gang is the is the, the, the you will survive. Is, the world is terrible. Obstacles, but yeah. press gang is the one about ambition, mm-hmm. and Degrassi is the one about hey, we all just live in suburban Toronto, and isn't that great? Uh, and so it's about maintaining your middle class status and just staying where you are. So so they're kind of I'm, what I'm saying, John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that as Adolescent, as you may have thought they are, I think they work on a number of levels. Well, I think actually, just hearing, hearing you talk then, Josh, and actually listening for a change, it sounds like <laughs> yeah, there's more risk in press gang, I think. It's like you can achieve more, you can go higher in that world, but you can also go lower. Yep. Whereas Degrassi is all about trying to maintain a certain status quo. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh, look, we were going to talk, talk about kids getting older, and it just leads to the, the ending... John and I were talking about in, in planning for this. Could it happen now? Could these shows be made now? And, and I think, no, they can't. A, Press Gang relies so heavily on not having technology. It, it, uh, it requires the group getting together to, you know, someone to take photos, someone to, to, uh, to work in the dark room, uh, someone else to do paste-up, a whole team of people coming together, which which nowadays wouldn't happen. You might get a whole lot of people 
coming together to do a, a website. But, but that would be my point. If you're doing it now, though, they'd be running like a YouTube channel or a, you know, they'd be part of a cable kind of deal. I think you could still do it. It's just yeah, a different it's, it's, technology. It's a bit unrealistic that kids would have access to you know, and, a cable television. And the ABC but did, a newspaper. <laughs> yeah, it makes perfect sense. And the ABC did even have a go. Like Raw FM, obviously, was an attempt well, yeah. by the ABC to use a different form. But they were, much, radio. they were much older. They were much older, and it doesn't have the love... You know, and it was aimed at a slightly older market. But I think you could make this little show. Obviously, Degrassi is still going. Degrassi's up to its 10th series of the new show. Um, I'm going to ask you this question. Does the new Degrassi still uh, address these sorts of issues? Is it a... Having watched um, now all the way to halfway through series five of Degrassi, The Next Generation, but yeah, it really does still attack issues, but in a very different way, in a much quicker way. Lots and lots of teen pregnancy. Liberty's up the duff at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Some things never change. But sort of as Pat was saying, when it first began, there was quite a reliance on bringing in the old characters. Spike's... uh, not, Not Spike's married Snake. Snake's the teacher... Spike's baby Emma's the sort of entry character into it all. There's Wheels comes back at one stage. Caitlin and Joey finally get together and break up at the moment, but I assume they'll get back together again. So, so yeah, so, it's, I don't yeah. Mind it. so yeah, it's actually continuing it's exactly it's as continuing you. It's continuing and just yeah, yeah, but but sharper, like a lot. Oh yeah, as, it's, as Pat said, you know, mm-hmm. run through as quickly as they possibly can. That does have a bit of the factory feel about it, but mm-hmm. they're still terrific characters. There was a great episode about um, cutting, um, self harming. Yes, how very nineties. Um, the red haired girl. <laughs> And um, lots and lots and cutting, lots of sex cutting the red girl. Sorry, sorry. Cutting the Redhead Girl is the yeah. title of my next album. Uh, so, Ellie, her name's Ellie. Uh, so to answer your question, yes and no. Let's um, we're, we're, yeah, we're right, let's, so let, let's skip so, through. So let's skip through. Um, let's go to the endings. warning spoilers. Warning spoilers. 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 Endings. Endings happen. Kids grow up. Degrassi. How do you end a show about a high school? Everyone graduates. Yay! But it wasn't enough for everyone to graduate from Degrassi. We had to see what happened in their summer after graduation because graduating is a good thing. So here's some schools out. Hi, my name is Tessa Campanelli. I have an appointment book for this afternoon. For an abortion! <coughs> what you say about my car? I don't know why you're so proud of it, Wheels. I'd put a bag over my head if I was driving that piece of shit. No, you can be real asshole sometimes. Why are you taking that great car of yours so we can go get some chips, okay? Come on. Well, you can learn to lighten up and take a joke. It's not a joke to me, Joey. You're just so full of yourself. Joey Jeremiah, what a studly guy. Let's recap the Jeremiah summer, shall we? See what a swell and decent human being you've been. You have to listen to this. No, you're going to listen to me. Joey Jeremiah spends his summer dating Caitlin. Shut up. And fucking Tessa. Oh, why an ethics? Why a hero? Let's have a great big hand, shall we? Big round of applause, hey? Yes, all right. Tessa Campanelli? You were fucking Tessa Campanelli? No. Don't lie to me, Joey. Caitlin, it's not what you think. Then what is it? What is this? I I come here to see you and we still have to talk on the phone? This isn't a funny place, Joey. 
I hate it. Look, I'm sorry, man. I don't get it. Why are you here? I'm 19. I'm not a kid anymore. I've been charged. Criminal negligence causing death. Criminal negligence causing injury times two. And drunk driving. It wasn't my fault that kid wasn't wearing a seatbelt. The cops said that you were... It wasn't my fault Lucy wanted chips. <laughs> and what's with Snake? I tried to call him, but the guy won't take my calls. I don't know, uh, Snake and I aren't talking. But why won't he talk to me? Best friends are supposed to stick together. So, uh, aside from all the obvious consequences uh, in that, John, consequences, mm. clearly. Degrassi, consequences. Only because it's the final episode, though. Yes, <laughs> yes, we never have to deal with them ever again. Mm-hmm. Like being raped in prison. You, you don't have to deal with that, right? But it's still, it's consequences. Uh, aside from all of that, what's most interesting is that it was his fault that Lucy wanted chips. Uh, because he was drunk and obnoxious that that is also a terrible defence in court (laughs) it doesn't hold up it doesn't hold up at all not not at all so now that the final episode of Press Gang and um, we should mention that there's a a, a very English tradition for English television if your show is successful you make fewer episodes if your show is really successful you just make Christmas specials and if your show is really really loved you kill everyone Uh, it's it's a thing they do I don't know why because of Hamlet Oh, of course. Uh, it's, a, it's a tradition um, that goes back to when Shakespeare was writing for Coronation Street. Correct. Now, it's, um, this is the clip from the, the very final episode of Press Gang. Um, most of it has been taking place in the brain of Linda Day as she's been talking to dead people because she's actually unconscious while the newsroom is on fire. And this, this predates... I think this, this doesn't predate Herman's head, but it does uh, <laughs> predate that... And, uh, that, that uh, Eternal Sunshine. Oh, Sunshine. Yeah, but so, really, Herman's head is obviously yeah, the Yeah, Herman's head is where you go first. <laughs> yeah, for references. So let's look at the final few moments of Prescott and get your tissues ready. I wish we could talk. I wish I didn't have to dream it. Dreams will do. There's just one thing I have to know before I uh, leave. 
Was it you who told the magazine? No one did. They would have found out at the hospital. You never did understand reporting, did you? No. I love you, Linda. Then forgive me. For what? Winding you up. You utter bitch! Too late. You said you loved me. And you've now said that eight more times than I have, so that means I'm definitely winning in this relationship. <laughs> the fireman said no one could have got out. You were dead. Yeah. But I didn't like the company. Losers. The good news is the insurance on the building is going to be a real boost for our finances. Plus news stories about my miraculous escape should divert attention from what's his name. I've also paid Colin a visit and got him back working for us. He knows you're alive? Not precisely, no. I told him I'd risen from hell on a mission from Satan to explode his brain. He signed an exclusive contract for the next 12,000 years. If I kiss you, do I wake up? I don't think I want to know if this is a dream. Your choice. It's a dream. She's dead. Yeah, she's totally dead. She's so totally she's dead. Dead as. That I must admit, no having watched that. five seasons in one go, I went, yeah, that's a dream. Because <laughs> there are so totally. many dream sequences, and they're all written in a particular way. And they're all because they, unlike the dream sequence in uh, in, in Degrassi, where Caitlin suddenly acts like a robot. Yeah, <laughs> suddenly. <laughs> what is that? What is that? That's how we saw the shows. We have gone. We have gone way over. In, in the box cutters tradition. We've gone over. Way over. Down, down in the front. Hello. Um, I'm sure some of you in the audience will notice that I'm a, a, quite a bit younger than about the, the median age in this group here. I'm about yeah, 19 for fine. those listening. <laughs> You've just and made a bunch 19, of friends. he's not the average person. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely not the average person. But I, I, I just feel that I need to sort of defend the next generation because it, the, the first... Or I, I, I did go through and watch the 80s and 90s before I started to appreciate the next generation to, to preface this. But as the seasons go along, just like in the older ones, the acting gets progressively better and the storylines get more interesting. The Lucy equivalent, the sort of wealthy half-black person gets shot in a shooting and then there's the JT gets knifed by some people from another school and then the schools merge and then everyone's fighting and and then the Toby's putting out podcasts, <laughs> ragging on the other school people, and it's all crazy. And um, and also, I was just wondering whether I, I was alone in this. In, in the, the way I watch Degrassi is, I sort of I like to get like particularly involved in it. I, I, I like to shout at, shout at, like encouragement at the characters and shout sort of gutter snipe abuse at the characters that I don't like, like Nancy particularly in Degrassi Junior High, I did not like it all whenever she came on the screen it was just irritating um, so I was, I was just wondering whether anyone can relate to that or whether I'm just sort of slightly deranged or, um, this, this woman hates Nancy too, uh, you hate she's Nancy she's not good at all, no <laughs> anyway that, that's pretty much it um, yeah I felt, I felt strongly about, uh, about Stephanie Stephanie Kay. Oh, in the, yeah. In the first series, mm. I just I, I thought no one's going to fall for that. I was but glad they to do, and she becomes president. So, <laughs> no, why not? Nothing. 
I, actually, I, I want to say to you while we're passing, Jan, I watched two episodes of Next Gen, I watched the ones with Kevin Smith in, and they were, I, I think, far better written, far better. I mean, because I have no nostalgia for, for Degrassi, I just went, they're much funnier, they're much sharper, the, the scripts, I think, for the, for the new series. But, you know, maybe I'm wrong. And I, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think I you don't, are. If, if you watch the first series first in The Next Generation, they, look, they make lots of references back to the first, which is, is kind of neat right. to notice. To pick up on. I'm sorry, this lovely lady in red. I'm going to um, go back to your statement about the heckling of the television. All the kids in my street would um, sit together in the afternoons and watch, and we would all shout at the television and give them advice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when uh, when Schools Out aired here, and it aired, I think, on Friday night for the first time in in Australia, it had to air after a certain amount of time, obviously, Mm -hmm. because, because of language. And the scene that we showed uh, where Caitlin confronts Joey after Joey spent the entire summer going the grope on Tessa Campanelli and then... Um, uh, that's what the kids call it, Joey. Can, can I put out one of, the, one of the cards did say, how did it feel to grope Tessa Campanelli's left boob? Was that you? Oh, I know. That's not yours? Because that, that was a question that I had and that <laughs> that I mentioned many times. Yeah. And John thought that I couldn't ask it. Uh, <laughs> yes, so when Caitlin d- does that... And it was really the, the shot heard around the world, you know, all, <laughs> all through Melbourne. You could hear people just turn to each other and go, they said fuck up to Grassy! Um, when I watched that, I think I've still got it on video somewhere. I'm pretty sure they edited out the fucking, so it was, you were... Did they? Tessa Campanelli, which all our friends, my friends are saying. Was she beeping or, was it, or did it just drop no, out? No, just dropped out. Right, you've been... We all knew that it was in the script. <laughs> That's all that mattered. I grew up in Brisbane and we weren't allowed to watch Degrassi. So me and my sister used to sneak to watch it in the afternoon. So when it was replayed a bit later on, we got really into it. But when it was replayed the last time, when they got up to um, Schools Out, I think I was about 14 or 15 at the time, we were both in tears simply because it was such an ugly ending to the show. Like, it was brilliant, but at the same time, it was just, like, gut-wrenching when you just finished watching the whole series. So I think it was, yeah, it, it, it worked really well for him, but it was really, really distressing at the, the time. The actual end of School's Out uh, doesn't end with wheels in prison. Just, these two characters that no one really cared about at all uh, get married. Yeah. <laughs> You know their names, but did you care about the memory? No. No, right. Because no one cared about them. Nobody liked them. They got married. They were 19. And they, and they got married and were supposed to be happy for them. No, Wheels is in prison. It's sad. It's a sad ending. Um, you had a... I just want to say, I've recently met a bunch of people on Twitter and we've become friends in real life through Press Gang. Oh, and yeah. have an event planned which is known as the Press Gang Bang, which is the hashtag, <laughs> which is not as odd as it sounds. <laughs> Um, and yes, I've been the one pestering you for a hashtag all day for this event. Right. Uh, anybody else? Hi. Um, my comment is that I think that it's actually a very 90s specific show in that I watched it as a preteen um, and that I learnt about wet dreams, sex, suicide, all these issues that I hadn't experienced yet through Degrassi. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's, that's the main thing I had to add. Just those issues, um, it was my education, and I think in a way that I probably would have used the internet if I was growing up now, but um, yeah, Degrassi was it for me after school. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, hi. Um, I, I, uh, so I watched Degrassi, and so there was all the, the sex and things in that. And then, like, our sex ed, because I went to an Anglican school, was watching Puberty Blues. <laughs> and everyone was just like, we've seen Degrassi. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, we dealt with all... But did you get surfing tips from Degrassi? I don't think no, you did. No. On Degrassi, did you no. learn that the way to hide smoking cigarettes was to have an entire roll of Lifesavers? No. <laughs> but you learned that from Puberty Blues. Highly, don't knock it. Don't knock your school film. education. Yeah. Am I the only person that thought that Linda might not definitely be dead at the end of Press Gang? Cause yes. <laughs> that's no. really mean of you to say. <laughs> I, I, look, I, I, I've, I've got to admit, it was having watched all in one go, and there are certain things Stephen Moffat does in his dream sequences, and I think a couple of them turned up in that, which made me go, "That's a dream sequence." But let's say it isn't. Let's say she got out of that fire, and it was all good. They have they have talked repeatedly about doing a um, a press gang telly movie, like now, kind of with apparently a lot of the cast are up for it. Stephen Moffat's up for it because he's doing Sherlock and Doctor Who at the moment. So I'm sure if he ever gets a gap, he might try and do that. So I imagine if that happens, then yes, she did not die in that fire. But only <laughs> only if that happens. Only if that happens. At and the if moment, Tony she's Soprano dead. turns up in that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, then, yeah. Uh, then we know about that ending as well. Remake it, and yeah, that yeah, way yeah. she will have been alive. She will have been time. alive all this time. It's a bit Schrodinger's cat. So that's it. Thank you so much for for coming. Uh, please thank Anna who has. <laughs> and and also of course to, to Dogs in the box. Thank you, Dogs. Dogs. Uh, to everybody who sent in uh, sent in videos for uh, for us to edit up, and just fantastic the the feedback that we've had on twitter and and on the facebook page and all through it it's been so exciting leading up to this but uh it was it was great and uh, and now i get to watch adult shows yay thank you anna thank you. Live in the studio, Box Cutters presents 90s Nostalgia was a collaborative production between the Australian Centre for the Moving Image and Box Cutters. It was produced by Anna Svedberg, John Richards and me, Josh Canal. with special thanks to Claire Butler, Lyndall McElwain, Louise Swin, Alyssa Krasnerstein, Tansy Rayner-Roberts, Murray Head, Angus Smallwood, Jacinta Parsons, Brett Cropley, Peter Wilson and 3RRR. Simon Dargville was our audio engineer, lighting guy, switcher and tech. When in Melbourne, we choose to visit the Australian Centre for the Moving Image. Find out more at Act me.net.au. Leave us a message on the blog at boxcutters.net. If you like this episode, please tell your friends and also leave us a five-star review on iTunes. This is a very long introduction. I'm sorry. I'm wasting your time. But uh, <laughs> if you are listening to the podcast uh, at home, welcome also. Uh, it is Thursday February 24th. My name is Anna and I work here at uh, Acme. I was going to tell you all about my 90s self but I I might might just move on. Here we are tonight with uh, the Box Cutters fellas and we have Josh Canal up on the left and Josh has been an entertainment journalist, broadcaster and writer since 1993. He wrote for Rolling Stone magazine, Impress and Metro magazine and presented on Triple R, Triple J, ABC Radio National and Channel 31. He currently produces and co-hosts the Box Cutters podcast, runs the web production company Soup Giant and writes at littlerunningbear.com amongst other places. He is busy but friendly. And 
Right here we have John Richards. He is the co-creator of the soon-to-be hit TV show Outland, as well as the short film of the same name. He produced and pre presented the Outland Institute program on Joy FM and writes at the Outland Institute website. He co-hosts the weekly Box Cutters podcast. So over to you, gentlemen. Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to or have just missed Box Cutters.